I want to preach about facing the fire. Look at your neighbor and tell them you're going to have to face the fire. A crust of bread, a corner to sleep in, a minute to smile, an hour to weep in, a pint of joy to a peck of trouble, and never to laugh or the moans come double. Paul Lawrence Dunbar helps us to understand that life can be difficult, that life can be hard. And I don't care how holy you are, how sanctified you are, I don't care how filled with the Spirit you are, and what tongue you speak in, life can be difficult. For saint and sinner, for holy and hellish, life can be hard. And all of us are going to have to face difficult times. All of us are going to have to face heated situation and fiery predicaments. Even Jesus, the only begotten Son of God, even Jesus had to go through difficulty. He was lied on. He was falsely accused. He was spit on. He was betrayed by friends. His hands were nailed. His feet were spiked. And then Jesus said, now if they'll do this to a green tree, what do you think they're going to do to an old, dried-up, withered tree? You shall have tribulation. When you give your life to Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that trouble will not come. You shall have tribulation. And since I know that fiery situations are inevitable, since I know that no matter what goes on in life, I'm going to have to deal with difficulty, then the question for me is not whether or not I'm going to have to face it. The question for me is, how will I face it? I know it's coming. I know it's going to happen. I know situations and predicaments are going to arise in my life and in my situation. So then I must make up in my mind, how will I face the fire when it comes to me? The passage of Scripture I read to you was in the book of Daniel, chapter 3. And in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, the setting for this passage of Scripture is during the Babylonian captivity of the Israelite people. God allowed King Nebuchadnezzar and the Babylonian army to march over into Israel, destroy Jerusalem, and destroy the temple, and tear down the walls. And they went through this war-torn situation. And Nebuchadnezzar took certain ones of the Israelites physically back into bondage in Babylon. What many of us don't understand is he didn't take all the Israelites. He didn't take everybody back into bondage. He only took certain ones. King Nebuchadnezzar picked the Israelites that he thought were the brightest and the best, the smartest, the most intelligent ones, the ones full of potential and possibility from his perspective. And he took them back where he would train them in Babylon to help him with his administrative abilities and duties that he needed done as the king of Babylon. Of the most intelligent, of the smartest, of the best and the brightest, with the most potential and possibility of those who were selected to go back into bondage was a three young men by the name of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Scholars and theologians suggest that they were in their late teens. They were 17, 18, 19 years old, and now they've been taken into bondage in Babylon where they be, will be trained to help King Nebuchadnezzar with his administrative duties and responsibilities. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The reason why many of us don't know who I'm talking about is because we're more familiar with them when we call them 
Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But those were not their given names. Their parents did not name them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Their parents named them Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. When they got to Babylon, the Babylonians and Nebuchadnezzar changed their names because their parents named them names that would honor God, Jehovah, the only true and living God. Nebuchadnezzar changed their names to give honor to pagan gods, lowercase g, small g gods. So their real names were Hananiah. Hananiah means favored by God. Changed his name to Shadrach. Mishael, who, whose name means who is like God is. Changed his name to Meshach. Azariah, whose name means helped by God. They changed his name to Abednego in order to give honor to pagan gods. But even though they changed what they called them on the outside, it did not change their character on the inside. Even though it changed the label they gave to them in terms of a name on the outside, it did not change their nature and their lifestyle based on what they had with God on the inside. The lesson we learned from that is it doesn't matter what other folk call me. You can call me what you want to call me. It doesn't change me because I know who I am underneath the skin. Stop tripping when somebody calls you outside your name. You know you're a child of God. You know who you are in Jesus Christ. So whatever they call you, it doesn't change your Christian character. Do I have a witness in here? And this was evident in Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah that their character and their nature in God did not change because King Nebuchadnezzar comes up with this new law in the land that whenever music played, everybody was supposed to bow down and worship him. In the Old Testament, many of the kings, when they became kings of these different nations, they would try to set themselves up as deity. They would try, new king gets in office, would try to set themselves up as a god, small g, god, and expected the people in his kingdom to worship him. And Nebuchadnezzar made it a law. He says that whenever you hear the music played, you're supposed to bow down to the image that has been set up in honor of King Nebuchadnezzar. And it is interesting to me that Nebuchadnezzar included music in trying to get the people to bow. He put together a live band, and he said, whenever you hear this band play, you got to bow down and worship me. It's interesting. He used music in order to get people to bow to things outside the will of God. Even back then, Nebuchadnezzar understood how influential music could be. So he would try to mess with people's minds so that every time they heard music, they would bow to that which is outside of God's. Y'all do know that the enemy still uses music to try to influence our thought process to get us to behave in a way that displeases God. The, not all the music, but some music in the 21st century, not all, but some music in the 21st century promotes and rationalizes and justifies drug use, abuse of alcohol, call our beautiful women and God's daughters the B word, call everybody else the N word, and promotes violence and greed 
Okay, y'all trying to act like music is not influential and doesn't try to mess with our minds. That's why I tell you, stop listening to all that junk all week. It's helping to shape your thought process. Y'all, and, and it's not just in a negative way, but music can be used in a positive way to influence people's minds. That's why, I mean, when we start worship, I could just come in here and preach from the beginning. But we use music to try to get you to hear about the love of God being sung and about what God would do in your life so that now your mind and your heart is more open to receive the message that God wants to send. It's, it's the influence of music. God did it even in the Old Testament. He told Joshua, march around the wall seven times, and then when you hear the trumpet sound, when you hear the music, start shouting. He does it in the New Testament. He says that Jesus is coming back again. He's going to rapture his church to go home with him. And he says that the angel shall sound the trumpet. And when the angel plays the music, the dead in Christ will rise. Okay, y'all acting like music is not influential. Okay, somebody in here, you 17, 18 years old. Had it not been for Luther Vandross. Come on now. Setting the environment, setting the atmosphere, and the music that was played that led to some production. Okay, I see some babies in the congregation. I checked them out over in the nursery, and these little babies that are here. Had it not been for Usher writing love songs, y'all ain't helping me preach this. Some of these babies would not even exist today. And somebody say, I don't know about Usher, I don't know about Luther. Okay, the only reason that some people in my generation are here is because of Smokey Robinson. If Smokey Robinson hadn't played the music he played, I wouldn't even be preaching here today. Music is influential. And the enemy was trying to use it to mess with their minds to get them to bow down and worship him. The enemy went as far as to say, if you don't bow, you're going to be punished for that. Listen to what the enemy is saying. That you need to step outside of God's will to keep from facing the fires you're going to have to face anyway. Because he messes with us on the inside. He starts messing with our mindsets. Um, I saw this, this fly on a spider web. And I saw that he was stuck on the spider web. And I was wondering, why would this fly at least not try to escape? at least try to get away because if the spider shows up and you stuck on that spider web, you're really not going to make it. So I'm wondering why is that fly just sitting there, man? Try to get out. Try to move. He just sat there. I didn't know that the spider had already been there and the spider had already stuck its tentacles inside the fly and it already sucked everything out. All the substance that was inside the fly had been sucked out. That wasn't even a real fly. That was just the shell of what the fly used to be because wasn't nothing left inside. That's why it wasn't doing anything. Have you ever wondered why people don't do anything in the kingdom of God and people get stuck in relationships? At least try to get out. Y'all ain't helping me preach and get stuck in drugs and alcohol. At least do put forth some effort to do. You know what? That ain't even really them, y'all. That's just a shell of what they used to be because the enemy has already come in and messed with them on the inside and ain't nothing left. They are not whole. And, and Nebuchadnezzar says, when you hear the music play, bow down and worship me. And then he gets word that Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah is not bowing when the music is played. He brings them in. And he says, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, Y'all have a lot of potential and possibility. I like you, so I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to have this band play. 
And when they play, if you bow down to me, we cool. Everything is straight. But if they play and you don't bow, I'm going to throw you into the blazing furnace. And watch what, watch what Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah said. You don't have to play that music again. You don't have to play that song because we don't have to give a defense in this matter. We are through with this discussion. We are not bowing to you, king, because we've already bowed to the king of kings. And when you've already bowed to the king of kings, you can stand against any other thing that's going to come in your situation. And the king said, well, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to throw you into the burning, fiery furnace. I'm going to throw you into the blazing furnace if you don't bow to me. Watch what the king said. And then who will be able to rescue you from the burning, fiery furnace? Here's what, here's what I get out of this passage of Scripture. Since I'm going to have to face the fire, Hananiah and Mishael and Azariah teach me that you might as well face it with faith. You're going to have to go through difficulties, hard times. You're going to have some trouble in your marriage. You're going to have issues on your job. Something is going to go down with the company. Something's going to go bad in your relationship. You're going to go through a financial situation. Sickness is going to come in your home. Now, when it does, y'all, what that means is since I know it's coming, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. I got to make up in my mind, I'm going to face the fire with faith. Now, where is the faith? The king said, I'm going to throw you in the fire. Who will be able to deliver you? Watch the faith. King, our God is able to deliver us. Watch this. But even if he does not deliver, we still won't bow to you. I love this faith act in this situation. Here's what's going on. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah are giving us some biblical truths, some spiritual truths about the ableness of God versus the willingness of God. Some of us don't understand ableness versus willingness. Some of us think because God has not brought me out, that God has not delivered me that I'm still in a heated situation, I'm still in a jam, sickness is still in my home, I'm still unemployed, things are not happening the way I, and we think somehow because God hasn't delivered me, he's not able. No, the issue is not that he's not able. They say God is able. The issue is at this moment, he's not willing because had he been willing right now to bring you out, you would be out. Because whatever God wills so, he has the power to make it so. But my faith has to trust in his will. I don't just trust in his ability to bring me out. I trust in his will to know when to bring me out. Because the best place to be, y'all, is in the will of God. Now, see, I, I, I know we don't like this kind of preaching. We don't like this. We like preaching where we say, well, if you know Jesus and you got a personal relationship with God and you feel the Spirit, you're not going to go through any trouble. We like that preaching. But you're not going to have to face any issues and any trials. You're not going to have to go through anything. We like that. I can't preach that. Because that ain't the truth. And you shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. The truth is, when you get right with God, it doesn't mean that you're not going to deal with the furnace. It means now you got the power to deal with the furnace. My faith is in his will that, yes, God has the ability to do it, but I got to trust God knows when to do it. I just want to be in his will. Okay, y'all acting like y'all don't know God is able. I don't care how small your bank account, God is able. 
I don't care how bleak your outlook, God is able. I don't care how big your problems, God is able. I don't care how mean your haters, God is able. I, I don't care how dark your situation, God is able. I don't care how big your obstacles, God is able. I don't care how confused your children, God is able. I don't care how high your mountains, how wide your valleys, how low your valleys and wide your... How many of you know God is able? Do I have a witness in here? Here's the faith. And King, even if he does not do it, I'm still not sinning. Even if he doesn't do it, I still ain't turning my back on him. Even if he doesn't bring me out, even if it doesn't work out, even if my marriage falls apart, even if I can't pay my bills, I ain't walking out on Christ, I ain't leaving the church, I ain't bowing to nothing else. Because, y'all, we got to understand we face the fire with faith. And when you do that, that's when you can endure it. Watch what they teach us, that when I, I got to face it anyway, so I'm going to face it with my faith in God that he knows what to do, when to do, and got the power to do it. But then I know I can endure whatever I go through. God is never going to put more on me than I can handle. So when I'm in a heated situation, when I'm going through difficulties and pains and problems and all that kind of stuff, all I got to do is hang on in there, be steadfast. Because if I persevere, God preserves if, if I persevere, God, pers he keeps me. You know how I know he keeps? Because when, when Nebuchadnezzar saw that they were not going to bow, he had the furnace turned up seven times hotter. Wait, 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 hotter? After I've taken a stand for God, things get hotter? I wish y'all had read y'all Bibles. Isn't it interesting when you make up your mind you're going to do right, be right, and trust God and all that? Things get hotter. Issues in the home, issues on the job, issues with your money. People start talking crazy. Folk come up against you. And you think, I just put my faith in God. I thought it was going to get easier. No, it got hotter. And then watch this. They threw them in the fiery furnace. But the Bible says when they threw them in, the fire didn't burn their hair. It didn't burn their skin. And it didn't burn their clothes. Why? Because God is a keeper. If I persevere in my predicament, God preserves me until he brings me out. All I got to do is hold on because God is a keeper. I know in whom I believe. And I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed to him against that day. He that keep of Israel neither sleeps nor slumbers all day and all night. Angels keep a watch over me. Anybody know God is a keeper? All you got to do is just trust him even in your predicament. Watch this because somebody wants to know, well, why would God allow this to happen to me? I mean, if I'm standing for him, if I'm trusting in him, I got my faith in him, why would he allow me to go through the fiery situation? That's because God is always up to something. Yo, God is not just sitting up in heaven letting you do whatever happens and whatever goes on. No, no, he's up to something. There's always purpose even in your pain. God is working some situation. Well, pastor, then help me understand. Why would God allow me to go through this heated situation, the difficulty I'm facing now? Okay, here it is. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah knew God was able. God knew God was able. But the king, he didn't know. The Babylonian community 
they didn't know God was able. So God decides in his will that I am going to use my children who stand for me to show the king and the community that I am able and I'm in control. And that's what I love about the text. It indicates no matter what I'm facing in my life that God is still in control. Sometimes it looks like my supervisor, Nebuchadnezzar, is in control. But he's not in control. God is in control. Now, Pastor, how does that prove that God is able by demonstrating his control in the situation? Well, I told you they turned the furnace up seven times hotter. It got so hot, Nebuchadnezzar called for his strongest soldiers. All of this is in chapter 3 of Daniel. He called for his strongest soldiers to take Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. They bound their hands and bound their feet. And then they threw them in the, fl in the fire. It was so hot that the men who threw them in got burned and died. I wish I had hours to preach this. The ones who threw them in to destroy them got destroyed by what they were using against God's people. I'm trying to show you God is in control of this thing. Y'all do know people still reap what they sow. You ain't got to do nothing but keep trusting in God and the stuff they try to bring against you, God will make it come back on them. They throw them in, and the Bible says the fire burned up the men that threw them in. Watch this. It burned up the ropes that bound their hand. It burned up the ropes that bound their feet. Because God is trying to show us he's in control because fire does burn, but it only burns what God tells it to burn. So even when I'm going through my heated situation, I know everything is going to be all right. It does get hot, fire does burn, but it only burns what God, it burned the men that threw them in, it burned the ropes that had them bound, but it did not burn their hair, did not burn their skin, it did not burn their clothes. How many of you know that God is keeping you in the midst of the heated situation that you are facing? God will not let you down. He's in control of this. Wait a minute, Pastor. If the king didn't know, if the community didn't know, why does God throw his children in the fire? Why doesn't God throw the king in the fire? You know, we get so arrogant, the longer many of us become Christians and we're in the faith and all that, we start getting conceited in our Christianity. Like we got it together. And that's why when we go through, somebody right now, you've been saying all week, God, why me? Because you feel like, you know what, I stood for God, I'm right, I'm, I got myself together. And like everything is straight in your life. Now come on, be real with me. And we try to act like everything's straight. We're not fooling God. God knows everything ain't straight. So not only is he doing something with folk looking at you going through the fire, but he's doing something with the ones that went in the fire. Because I don't know why would, happen, why would God do this. No, the question is not why would it happen to you. The question is why not you? The question is not, God, why me? But, God, what are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to do with me? What are you trying to show me in the midst of... Okay, here it is. Let me show it to you like this. They threw them in, bound, hands bound, feet bound. When they threw them in, they fell in the fire because they bound. And the Bible says the fire burned off what had them bound. Maybe God is making you go through what you go through because there's some stuff that's got you bound and he's trying to give you some freedom and the only way to give you the freedom is to send you through the fire. 
because God knows how to burn off lying. He knows how to burn off cheating. He knows how to burn off backbiting and backstabbing. He knows how to burn off fornication and adultery. He knows how to burn off homosexuality. He knows how to burn off gossip and rumors. He knows how to burn off a drug addiction and alcoholism. I don't know what has you bound, but I do know God knows how to burn it off. Wait, it ain't just about the freedom. It's about now the fellowship they have with Jesus himself. Sometimes God allows me to go through the fire to help me in my walk with the Lord. Pastor, where are you getting that from out of Daniel chapter 3? I thought Jesus was in the New Testament. Y'all, Jesus is in the Old Testament too. And sometimes God allows me to go through the fire to help my walk with him. Because watch this. They throw him in, burn off the stuff off of him, right? And Nebuchadnezzar looks in the furnace and says, didn't I tell y'all to throw in three? But I see four loose and walking. And the fourth one looks like, y'all ain't kidding it. Here is Nebuchadnezzar with no relationship with God. But when he sees what's happening in this situation, he says, I see four and the fourth one looks like the son of God. Because y'all, Jesus always looks like the son of God. It shows that he will get in my fire with me. Watch this. I went in bound. The text says they fell in. They were fallen before they went in the fire. But after they get in the fire, now they walk in with Jesus. You know what? Since I've been through all that hell, I don't fall as much as I used to. Do I have a witness in here? My walk is better because of the heated situations I've had to face. And I love this text because Jesus always shows up in fiery situations. Somebody all week been asking, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? He's in the fire with you. There's purpose, y'all. God's always up to some people. Get so mad at God. There's purpose in the pain if you listen to what he's trying to tell you. He's keeping you because he's working on you. I, I, all week, I always try to spend time trying to get pictures and uh, trying to get illustrations to help show you and, and to give you a picture of what's happening and understand. So I wanted to try to come up with a picture to show you what it means to go through fire and God uses the fire in a positive way rather than always thinking when I'm in a heated situation, there's always something bad. And to tell you the truth, I couldn't think of anything new, so I got to use one I already used. And uh, when my sister uh, was much younger, and I only have one sister, mama used to take a chair, put it in the kitchen, then take Tonette and put my only sister in the chair. And then she would put um, a towel around Tonette's neck and pin it in the back. And mama would take a hot comb and put it on the stove. And... And while the fire is messing with the comb part, the handle is not on the fire, but the comb, the hot comb part is, is on the fire. Mama would take Tonette, and Tonette had good hair. It could fight against any situation. She had good hair. And Mama would try to get this hair straight, and she would try to make it look good. Because here's the thing. This is my mother's child. And, and you know when the child looks bad? It's a bad reflection on the parent. And so mother understood I got to make you look good because, Tonette, when you look good, then I look good. But I, 
the only way I'm going to be able to do that is to use some fire in your situation. And mama would take that comb and she would begin to press a little at a time. And Tonette starts moving and mama would say, girl, be still. You see, I'm trying to straighten this mess out. Come here. Let me help you understand why you're going through your heated situation. God is not trying to burn you. He's trying to better you. Because when you look jacked up, your father looks jacked up. But when we look good, how many of you know our God looks good? Be still and know he is God. He's up to something. Here's the last thing, and I'm finished with y'all today. I'm going to have to face the fire. So I'm going to face it in faith. And I'm going to endure. I'm going to hang on in there because God is a keeper. Can you imagine if, if, if Hananiah and Mishael and Ezra had committed suicide in the fire? If they had slit their wrists or turned to a drug overdose? They would have missed out on the miracles God was doing in their situation. They had to, un they had to learn this, that suicide is a permanent solution to temporary problems. Because whatever you're going through right now, it took a change to get you in your situation. It'll take a change to get you out. So you got to do like Job. All the days of my appointed time, I'm going to wait till my change comes. And you endure because by the time we get to verse 26, now they're coming out of the fire. Wait a minute. God sent me through the fire. Yeah, just long enough to loose me, free me, long enough to get me a walk with Jesus properly. And then in verse 26, Nebuchadnezzar sees what's going on in the fire. Didn't I tell y'all to throw in three? I see four. Fourth one looks like the son of God. And then Neb said this, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, come out of the fire. And the text says in verse 27, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, which helps me to understand that this is not my permanent dwelling place. See, it's hot now, but it ain't going to always be hot. God is just doing something now in order to bring me out later. And watch this. As they come out later, verse 30 says, then the king promoted them. Wait, 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 wait. The king promotes them after they come out of the fire? That's because tribulation is a setup for promotion. Man, y'all missing this thing. I'm preaching and y'all don't even know it. That when I go through the tribulation I got to go through, it is simply God giving me the experience to have the promotion when I come out. Because if I cannot handle the fire on the level I'm on, I certainly cannot handle the fire at the next level. Because at every new level, there's a new devil. So I got to handle my situation here. And when I do that, God brings me out and up. Okay, y'all, boy, y'all making me labor today. I'm trying to help somebody to understand the difficulties you're going through, the hard times you're facing. It's really God setting you up to go to another level. Psalm 23, 5. Psalm 23, verse 5 says, He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs up. See, y'all know that. Because we love that verse. Psalm 23, 5. God anointing me. God pouring so many blessings in my cup that my container can't hold it. That's why folk like to be around me. Because I can't hold all my blessings. And they think if I just stay close enough and stuff is running over in his life, maybe some of that stuff will fall my way. 
I love verse 5 where God anoints me, pours so many blessings, my container can't hold it all. Everybody love verse 5, Psalm 23. But you can't start in verse 5, y'all. In order to get to verse 5, you got to go through verse 4. See, we like verse 1, 2, and 3 of Psalm 23. Then we want to skip to verse 5. Just skip right over verse 4, jump into my anointing and my cup overflow. Oh, we like, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. He restores my soul. And then we want to skip. He anoints my head with... No, after I come with him in right relationship, I already know he restores my soul. I got it now. Yea, though I walk through, and, and remember, I'm walking through this. I ain't staying in this. I walk through the valley of the shadows of death. I will fear no evil. I got to deal with death and evil. But after I finish dealing with dead situations and evil situations, how many of you know I'm getting ready to get my anointing? Get ready to get my blessing on. Y'all, God allows you to go through what you're going through because he's getting ready to give you a promotion. That's how I always know when I'm getting ready to get promoted. I always know when God's getting ready to take me to another level because all hell breaks loose. Nebuchadnezzar start rising up. Heated situations start coming. Y'all, I don't get mad at God. And think, God well, I just get ready for my promotion. God's getting ready to raise me to another level. That's what I'm telling somebody. Learn everything you can in the furnace. Because when God brings you out, he's getting ready to take you up. Look at somebody tell them, I'm getting ready to get promoted. I'm getting ready to go up. I, I love this. I love this because... The promotion came in the same place that I experienced the heat. In the province of Babylon. Hananiah, Mishael, and Ezariah didn't have to go back to Jerusalem to get a promotion. They got promoted in the same place where the fire was. Wait, wait, not just same place, same person. Same crazy supervisor. They wanted to be worship. Found out how great their God was. Say, y'all ain't got to worship me. Keep worshiping your God. Matter of fact, I'm getting ready. Sometimes God will use a fool to give you your promotion. I'm preaching and y'all don't even know it. Getting ready to raise you up. Getting ready to take you to another level. If you can endure what you're going through. Uh, they, they got this new basketball out. And this, this new ball is called um, Never Flat. That's what they call it, Never Flat. I think Spalding put it out. And because basketballs will go flat on you. I own literally the same balls that the NBA has, they use. Those things will go flat on you. I mean, you, you get enough beating in them, and the air starts seeping out, go flat on you. Let them lay around long enough, you try to go get it, air done came out. And, and y'all, you cannot use flat balls effectively. You try to bounce them. When you throw it down, it stays down. Can't shoot it and follow through. Can't pass it. Because it cannot live up to its purpose because it doesn't have any air in it, any pneuma, any ruach. It doesn't have any spirit in it. And so you throw it down, it stays down. 
But now Spalding has come up with what they call never flat. It says, they say that they have special molecules that they have put inside the ball in order to keep it from deflating. So no matter how much you beat it and bang it, no matter what you do with it, leave it and go back and get it, they said when you pick it up again, it, it's still going to have some air in it. It's never flat. And that's what we got to understand as Christians. Y'all, that some of us have lost our bounds. I'm not saying you're not a child of God. I'm not saying you're not a Christian, but you don't have the bounce you used to have. I mean, you used to be filled with God's Holy Spirit. And, and, and when somebody did something to you, you bounce back. Now every time somebody say something, it hurts your feelings. Can't show up for church. Can't do what you're supposed to do in life and ministry and family. Why? Because they heard my they shouldn't have said that to me. What happened to the days when you were filled? Now we done got flat in this. Okay, y'all, man, y'all making me labor. Here, help me out, Robert. Throw me that ball for me, please. This is not a never flat, but it is a ball that's filled. And because it's filled, every time I throw it down, watch what happens. It comes back up. It doesn't matter. Every time, in every situation, every time I throw it down, you know what it does? It bounces back. You know why it bounces back? Because it's got some ruach in it. It's got some pneuma in it. It's got some wind in it. It's got some spirit in it. So every time I throw it down, I can stand up here all day and keep throwing it down. And every time I do, this thing is going to bounce back up. That's what happens when you become a child of God. It doesn't mean folk won't throw you down, but it means, okay, throw me down, I'm bouncing back. Dog me, I'm coming back. Lie on me, I'm back. Anybody know you got bounce back? ability they crucified Jesus on Friday Sunday morning he bounced back do I have a witness in here and the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you so when you go on your job tomorrow when you go back to your heated house situation when they try to throw you down just bounce back do I have a witness and when you are filled, the harder they throw you down, the higher you go up. Do I have a witness? I'm on my way up. I'm on my way up. I'm on my way up. Do I have a witness? Somebody shout yes. I'm through. I'm finished. Here it is. I'm finished. I'm through with this. But when they came out of the fight, watch this. Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Because can't no other God do what their God did. I love this. And it was after the praise. That's when they got the promotion. What's been standing in the way of your promotion is the fact you won't get your praise on. Because anytime God has brought you through the fire anytime God has walked with you and talked with you anytime God has rescued you you need to get your praise hey hey praise comes before promotion when you praise him won't he raise you yes yeah y'all excuse me but he brought me through the fire. Can't nobody do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. He's worthy. I wish I had somebody to 
know God is worthy. He's worthy. Somebody ought to praise him. Somebody ought to say thank you, Jesus.